I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, say hi to Emily Allen. She is an integrative nutrition health coach and has an inspiring background with PCOS. We will get to, into her story today on the show. Emily focuses on teaching PCOS women how to find relief from symptoms and uses whole foods as the main tool for healing. She teaches cooking classes and does public speaking about healthy living. I'm really happy to have her on the show today to chat about her story with PCOS and weight loss. This is a huge topic in the PCOS realm. And we will also dive into the importance of mindset when it comes to addressing this particular issue. So welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, you know, I found out about your story online and I was like, okay, this is incredible, especially, you know, with weight loss. Like, I think it's a really big topic. Um, so, you know, just kind of give everyone a heads up, like, what is your story with PCOS? Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, really, I didn't know what PCOS was until in my 20s. Um, after I got married, I gained a whole bunch of weight. Um, we were trying to have babies and, and it just wasn't happening. And, you know, we went to doctor after doctor. And this was, um, gosh, more than 15 years ago. So I feel like doctors now know a lot more about PCOS than they did back then. But I mean, there's still so much misinformation out there. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, they, they did all the tests and no, you have it. Yes, you do. And, and finally decided, okay, yes, you have PCOS. And that's why they're having so much trouble. And they went like the very typical route of, you know, Clomid and Metformin trying to, for a baby. And um, really all of the, the things that I did with the, the doctors didn't help anything, right? They, the medications never changed anything. Um, I never ovulated ever. And my periods were super irregular. I had all this weight and they kept telling me over and over the thing that we all hear, if you would just lose the weight, you'd probably help your symptoms. And I'd be like, okay, but like, how? <laughs> That's Tell me how to lose me. the weight. Right? Yeah, yeah. I did all the programs. I counted all the calories. I did all the things and I'd lose it for like two seconds and it would be back again. Plus it'd bring some friends. Like it was just, you know, awful. And uh, finally, after a few years of infertility treatments and nothing working, I just, you know, you get so, that's a tough, tough thing, right? And so I just mentally, emotionally, I needed a, a break. Um, and so took a break from, from worrying about trying for a baby, from medications, from doctors, from it all. And at one point I was like, you know, I really just want to feel better, like overall, like a general, just, just want to feel better. And so, um, I came across the book, French women don't get fat. And I read that and just the way that, she, I don't know if you've ever read that book. I've heard um, of the title, but I've not read yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Intriguing. Just, it, it's so fun listening to the way she talks about food because it's just even the healthy stuff is so enjoyable and so 
anyway, I read that book and just in reading that and learning to enjoy my food more, especially home cooked, unprocessed, lots of fruits and vegetables, I kind of just accidentally lost about 30 pounds. Um, and then, you know, I started getting really, really tired. I was, you know, just not feeling all that great. And my husband finally said, you need to take a pregnancy test. And when it came up positive, I was like, this is broken. Well, <laughs> There's something wrong with this test. Oh my God. So that's how it got miracle baby number one. And I, so I had kind of fixed my PCOS through my eating without knowing what I had done. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, a couple years later, and you know, during the pregnancy, I felt so crappy that we just went back to eating fast food and pizza. Like it, right. so all the weight came back. Um, but a few years later, when we wanted another baby, I knew exactly what to do and just switched what I was eating just, just enough. And that time I only dropped about 20 pounds before we got our second miracle baby. So, um, kind of cluing myself in more and more to what I had been doing. And then when she was about a year old, I, you know, of course I gained all the way back again. Like we ate like crap during my pregnancy. Um, but about a year after she was born, I had a moment with a mirror where I just, I just couldn't look at myself in the mirror anymore. Like it was so, and there was some postpartum de depression going on there. There were some other things, but it was just not a good moment. And I knew that I needed to completely change the way that I was treating myself, both with the food that I was eating with the lack of exercise and with the, the mental game, the beating myself up. And so, yeah, that's what inspired me to go on and learn everything that I could about health and nutrition and completely change the way that our family eats. So we have cut almost all processed foods from our diets. Um, I eat an obscene amount of fruits and vegetables. And through that process, I dropped 70 pounds and I've kept it off now for almost 10 years. Wow. So, okay. So yeah. let's backtrack. Like you yeah. had all these like you know, issues and like the way you eat and then the medications weren't working, um, mm -hmm. you know, even the fertility treatments weren't working. So like how, how many times, how many years was it in till you actually got your, your first miracle baby? Like, <laughs> so it was about seven years. Wow. Okay. Before the first one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then now it has been like, I'm guessing like 10, 11 years now. Yeah, so she, that miracle baby is now 13 and a half. And then um, our other baby is not a baby. She's almost 11. <laughs> so yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, your story is incredible. I think, oh, um, yeah, just listening to that, like, you know, loving the foods that you started to eat, like mm -hmm. really appreciating it and probably, you know, like some sort of mindset shift happened there too, after you absolutely. read that book. Yeah, absolutely. Really, I think the biggest mindset shift was the, so we, we kind of go throughout our lives feeling like, you know, I, I've done something really good. I'm going to treat myself by eating ice cream, right? Mm -hmm. This is the way I can show love to myself, or I'm going to treat myself by skipping my workout today because, you know, I'm tired and I earned it or, you know, like we feel like these things are treating ourselves and that's how we're, we're like spoiling ourselves, showing love to ourselves, whatever. When really these are the actions that tend to hurt us in the long run, right? Mm -hmm. 
you deserve to be spoiled and loved every single day. And if you, the way you do that is pizza and ice cream, that's going to cause harm. Right. Right. So the mindset shift that was the biggest for me was the shift to, I'm going to love myself and love my body by feeding it nourishing foods. I'm going to love myself and love my body by moving it every day and whatever kind of exercise really feels good to me and that I love to do. And I think that's really the big shift because when you're thinking about food and exercise as a punishment, like we do, you know, you hop on the treadmill, I'm going to burn off the brownies from last night. That's a yeah, punishment. Right. And that, that never works long-term. I'm so glad that you brought that up because even the idea of having cheat days, mm -hmm. like when my clients bring that up, I tell them, no, it's not a cheat day. Like you're setting yourself up for sabotage and like you know just failing in the long run it's really hard to keep up that mentality of like cheat day on the weekend and then I try to eat as much on the you know weekday like it's not a sustainable transition to a healthy mm -hmm. diet um and I realized this over the years even for myself like you know, I used to do that too, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. We all did. I think <laughs> rewarding. Yeah. And yeah. like, you also get caught up. Like if your friends and your family members are like cheat day or like whatever, yeah. and then you get caught up in it too. So yeah, that's a really big thing to address. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that, that word cheat. I hate it because it makes it. Yeah. Feel I hate like, it too. You know, cheating is something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you go to your grandma's hundredth birthday party and you eat birthday cake, you're cheating. Although really, no, you're just, you're celebrating. You're <laughs> that's having... right. That's not wrong. You're that's creating fine. a memory. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to weight loss, what are the biggest misconceptions you see in your practice? So, um, oh my gosh, there are so many, we could talk about this for like hours, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But really, I think the the calorie counting is one that I, I wish that I could somehow erase calorie counting from the world. Um, because yes, calories are one itty bitty small piece of the picture, right? But I really like to shift the focus from quantity of calories to quality of calories, right? When you increase the quality of whatever you're eating, the quality of your ingredients, the calories take care of themselves. Um, so that's a big misconception that I really wish would go away. And then also anything that is extreme. Like I hear, you know, you hear all the diet names thrown around, you know, I want to do intermittent fasting and keto and, mm -hmm. and you know, all, all of these different diets when anytime you put a label on it, or go too extreme, it feels restrictive, which is negative, right? And then it becomes harder to sustain. Right. And what we want is, you know, we don't want something that lasts even just a year. We want something that lasts a decade or more the rest of your life. And really the diet for that is healthy eating. I mean, that's all. And that's going to look a little bit different for each person. Um, but anytime you try to stamp a label on it and a bunch of restrictions, then it, you feel like it's helping you, but in the long run, it actually makes life harder. Right. And this is also another big topic. Um, you know, I think there's a difference between like a therapeutic diet and a maintenance, <laughs> like, yeah, you could do keto just for like maybe two months or something yeah. to help with your symptoms, but it's not meant to be a, like you said, like sustaining, like yeah. that's not how we're 
um, you know, supposed to eat all the time. Um, and yeah. also by your individuality, like mm-hmm. don't hop on the diet train, <laughs> right? And everyone's on it. I want to be on it too. Like it's true. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get it. It's really hard to not be influenced, especially if you mm-hmm. don't really know the science behind it. So I'm really glad that you're talking about this too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you see that, when people come to, when women come to you looking for weight loss, what is like um, the approach you use with them to help them find relief from PCOS? So um, there are a couple different things that we focus on. Um, I always, every single session, I like to do a little bit of food talk, a little nutrition talk, and then a little bit of mindset talk. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, we all know we need the food talk, we need the nutrition training, we need to know how to feed our bodies. Um, but really deep down, we all know we need to eat more fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and that we shouldn't eat so much sugar and fast food. Like we know this, like these are the basics and really if everyone would do that, this world would like be so much better, right? These very simple things. And you you know know why? I think it's just boring. Like, yeah, yeah. Reduce your stress, eat more vegetable, drink more water. I think it sounds, yeah, it sounds boring. And I think it's just not like impressive or anything yeah Yeah. oh it's true yeah so but really like we all know that so why are we not doing that besides the fact that it's boring that it's too easy um it's all of it's mindset right if we change the way that we think about food and the way that we think about our bodies and and our lives like if you can shift that that's like the the switch that changes it from, uh, I'm on a diet, you know, to no, I'm just a healthy person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think mindset is really important and I'm really glad that you use it in your practice with women. (laughs) So, um, you know, kind of shifting a little bit to like PCOS symptoms. So are there any specific ingredients you have found really useful in helping with like hirsutism, for example, acne or any other PCOS symptom? Yes. Um, and again, you kind of have to fine tune this per person. Mm-hmm. And as you go through individually and like exactly what's causing their symptoms and what's going on. Um, but the main things that I focus on are um, really adding in fruits and vegetables, especially the, um, the ones in the brassica family. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a gardener, geeky gardener, like I am, that means like a cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, kale, arugula, like all of those really good vegetables. Um, Those are super good at balancing blood sugar. And blood sugar is so tied to PCOS and really to everything in life. Um, It, if your blood sugar is out of whack all the time and you have an excess of insulin in your body, that's gonna lead to insulin resistance, which is really what PCOS is. It's insulin resistance combined with the inflammation. And then you have this, storm of crappiness, but (laughs) so, um, yeah, so we focus on tons of produce, uh, foods that balance the blood sugar. And then I also love to focus on seed cycling, which I know you've talked about on your podcast before. Um, but just kind of briefly in case no one, you know, people don't know the, the basic idea is during the first half of your cycle. So day one of your period through day 14, you do a tablespoon per day of flax seed and a tablespoon per day of pumpkin seeds. 
And then from day 15 until your next period comes, you do uh, one tablespoon per day of sesame and one tablespoon per day of sunflower seeds. And that gives your body, you know, our bodies have different needs throughout the month because you're focusing on different hormones and, and different things are happening. So just that very, very simple thing, it's just food and it's not even very expensive food. Like it's really super simple. Just that one little thing changes so much. Have you seen women really helped by that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was doing it pretty consistently, like grinding it and, you know, just putting in my meals. Um, my period started to regulate, actually. Yes. So that was, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, they regulate the symptoms. You know, my periods are way less heavy than they used to be. There's no mm -hmm. pain. It, it's just crazy that something so simple can make such a big difference so you know you do a lot with like real food and preparations and stuff so like if someone's yeah. like I, I'm a really lazy person I don't roast <laughs> any I don't want to cook anything or like buy uh -huh. fresh produce I only buy like frozen okay you know, um like what are you you know some of your tips to help people just try to transition <laughs> right into more vegetables yeah. Um, there's a couple different, oh gosh, I have, depending on the person too, like we're going to talk about what their lifestyle's like, what, what's going on. Um, but really there are some super simple meals that you can do. Like when you're on your way home from work and you're really tired, you can stop at the fast food drive-in and wait for half an hour and get some, you know, food that's really not going to serve your body well, or you can run into the grocery store really quickly you can pick up a rotisserie chicken and a bag of salad and dinner's made, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and you did nothing. Right. And that is something that, yeah, you didn't cook it at home. However, it's a lot closer than the fast food drive-through, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, or there are things like, I had one sweet client tell me one time, she said, I failed as a mom today. I was so tired. I just made my kids scrambled eggs and I can't remember like fruit for dinner. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Scrambled eggs are dirt cheap, high in protein, high in nutrition, take like five minutes to make. And I bet your kids loved them. Like you, like mom win, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. No one says this has to be a gourmet event. Find something that is so, so simple. And you know, just, I really believe people need more time in the in the kitchen, not just for um, cooking. I mean, obviously we all need to, to expand our cooking, but also part of what we are looking for as we eat is not just having a full stomach. What you're looking for is satisfaction, right? Mm -hmm. And you can increase satisfaction in a meal by like improving the experience. So if you're cooking a meal, even if it's something so simple and you're tasting things as you go and kind of tweaking things and you're smelling it and you're chopping the things and you're enjoying how it looks and like using your senses as you put it together and then you put it nicely together on a plate and feed it to your family, that's going to be far more satisfying than driving down the freeway shoving french fries in your mouth, right? Mm -hmm. And because it's more satisfying, you need less to to feel finished if that makes sense so that you know going back to yes calories don't matter they but they are a small piece of it and you're getting fewer if you're increasing 
the satisfaction of the experience. I think what you're describing is like the energetics that you put into the food. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's, I mean, it's always why, like if you go to someone's house and you eat like homemade food, you know, family or friends, it always like tastes so much better than like going outside. And also you have so much more control when you cook at home, like in terms of using the cooking oils and like, you know, how much salt or sugar or whatever that you put in it. Um, Yeah. Very good. Exactly. I yeah. I think it's it can be also like a mindfulness practice or like even sometimes a meditation or just kind of feeling your body when you when you make something from scratch. Yeah, I think that's so true. Yeah, I love that. Um, so those are like you know some great tips about nutrition. I know we talked a lot a little bit about mindset earlier, but I kind of want to go back to that. So um, you know when we talk about mindset what kind of exercises can help when women are on their PCOS journey? Like, do you do journaling with them or like meditation or breathing, that sort of thing? Um, I definitely recommend all of those things at different times. Um, The main thing that I like to do is sit down and talk to them and and just try and shift perspectives, right? So um, just as an example of that, Uh, One thing that I like to talk about, um, there's an amazing book, I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that he says in there uh, that I love, and let's hope I can get the quote right, but he says, um, we do not rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems, right? So um, we try to work on putting systems in, in place habits that they can fall back on um when you know you all always have days when you're not as motivated and you're tired and you don't want to do it right so you need a system in place um but then another thing that he talks about i don't remember if it was in that book or in like a podcast or something but he talks about you can if if i went up to a person on the street and i offered them a cigarette i don't smoke but like let's just pretend right I offer them a cigarette and they say, oh, no, thank you. I'm trying to quit, right? Mm-hmm. And I go up to another person and I say, um, hey, would you like a cigarette? And they say, oh, no, thanks. I don't smoke. So both people said no, right? But there's a just a key difference there in that one person, it was part of their identity. I don't smoke, mm-hmm. right? That's part of, that's just who they are. And that's something that they probably never will smoke because they've created that in their identity. Um, And so we can do the same thing when it comes to us and our food and the way that we eat. Um, I don't eat fast food, not anymore. Mm -hmm. I haven't been in a drive-through for a long time. Um, You know, and, and that's something you can create for yourself, right? You can say, oh, I don't eat that anymore. And I think it's also important, the distinction between I don't and I can't, right? If you say, I can't eat that, that feels like someone has done that to you, Mm -hmm. right? Where if you say, I don't eat that, that's a choice you made, right? Right, so the choice of words is very important. Yes, yeah, and so that's what I really like to work through with people is exercises like that or just um, shifts like that where we talk about you know, normally we talk about food like this, 
let's let's think of it this way. Let's let's shift it so that we have a new perspective. And really, it all leads back to that idea of loving yourself through good nourishing foods. Very good. I like how your philosophy and mindset ultimately <laughs> ties back to you know the whole food um, relation, um, and you know that helped you to lose like 70 pounds and heal yeah. in your journey. And now you're helping women to do that too. So if someone's listening to this and they want to find you, you know, maybe they're on their own weight loss journey, where can they find you? So my website is healthbyemily.com. So I would love to have you there. Um, and I just post on there quite often. I have recipes, I have just a bunch of information. So come on by and say hi. Um, and then also I like to play on Instagram. So health by Emily A is uh, my little Instagram handle. And yeah, I'd Sounds love to have good. anyone stop by. I'll put that in the show notes. And I'll also put in the podcast episode about seat sinking or cycling in case <laughs> anyone wants to know about it. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think the points that you brought up is very important, especially the ones about mindset and about, you know, weight loss and the whole cheat day thing. I think that's <laughs> pretty ingrained in a lot of us. So it oh, was yeah. nice to get it out. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that, that I could come and do this. <laughs>